0: Time for my one, two, three cents of a podcast on the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. Give me the hell yeah! Now, here's your host. The man is also a very long, dear, personal friend of mine. Does the guy have a name? Yes, he has a name. Kevin Huntsberger. Woo! Kevin! You're stupid. Hey, friends. Welcome to episode 478 the My123Cents podcast. I am Kevin And If you're watching on video, um, you may notice this, yes. My uh, left arm is currently, and probably for the foreseeable future, uh, in a sling. And I am actually gonna tie this in, this is an Ask My123Cents, I'm gonna tie this in to a question at the end of this week's podcast, of, of this week's show. But uh, long story short, um, gosh, probably six, seven, maybe eight weeks ago now, it was sometime in November. I was doing push-ups. Uh, I'd gotten into a routine of doing a hundred push-ups a day, and as I was doing them one night, uh, I heard a pop. I'm like, eh, I'm fifty. Things creak and crack and pop and make noises now. It'll be fine. And I kept going and I didn't feel any pain, didn't experience any pain. Well, fast forward to uh, December 27th. It was two days after Christmas. I was moving a big piece of furniture to our outside uh, pool deck area, foolishly by myself. And in the process, uh, I, I, I guess tore, partially at least tore, my left bicep. This sucks because I am left-handed, and what sucks even more is it is, as I'm recording this, January 14th. I can't get in to get an MRI. I've seen a doctor, my primary care physician, or physician assistant in this case, she looked at it. She thinks it's a partial tear, but we won't know anything for sure until I get an MRI, which lovely insurance and rigmarole and, you know, all that BS that you have to deal with. Uh, We're looking at February 8th before I can even have an MRI done. And then once the MRI is done, I can't see a doctor about that until February 26th, I think. So this is going to be a long process and I'm already, it's, Hurting. I mean, I'm wearing the sling for one, because it does provide some relief, and two, I don't want to overuse this and aggravate it and go from a partial tear to a full tear or, or rip it or whatever, and have to get surgery. As it stands right now, at least according to my physician assistant, I'm looking at not having to have surgery. And that's the goal here is, is to, to make it the next, I don't know, seven or eight weeks or six or seven weeks and, and not need surgery. So fingers crossed that we can get through this and move on and uh, you know, get into spring and summer and be sling and cast and, and all that free. So I know if you're not watching, you had no clue. And I haven't, I've literally told nobody about this. I've just kind of been wearing my sling and then people stop me and say, what's going on? And I've only been to a couple of cheer competitions, which you can see by my shirt and the stamp on my hand. Anyway, I digress. It is My123Cents. It is Ask My123Cents. And before we get too far into the weeds with the questions, which uh, shout out to those who did ask questions. I appreciate it. I'm grateful for it. Um, Next week, Chad will be my guest and we will be talking all about Hulk Hogan and some alternatives to Hulkamania. So I'm looking forward to that conversation because it falls right before the 40th anniversary. Of Hulkamania. Speaking of anniversaries, uh, today as I'm recording again on January 15th, it is 12 years ago that I met this guy. Yeah, it's Neville, but uh, we know him, or I knew him back then as Pac. Uh, He and Colt Cabana and uh, El Generico and Matt Cross were all part of an AAPW wrestling event here in Southern Illinois. It was my debut match. I also got to call the match between Pac and El Generico. It's a great experience and it kind of was a fun, fun, fun filled night that really uh, was an experience that I never thought I would have. And then being able to have the in-ring experience again, multiple times has just been something that has been surreal to me. It's been uh, like a pinch me moment, a wake me up. This is a dream kind of thing. So thanks to Chris Hagstrom and, and golden boy, Greg Anthony, And uh, Sean uh, Chambers for making all of that uh, night possible and and making that happen. And then Heath Atten, shout out to him too, because he kind of took me and showed me a few things. Because I had not been in the ring at all, hadn't done anything in the ring. um, And he showed me a few things uh, to prepare for and get ready for. Um, on that night. So again, I'm grateful for those opportunities. I'm grateful for the opportunity to do this podcast and, uh, Royal rumble season right around the corner. I believe the event is two weeks from tonight as we're speaking. I will have more details on the my one, two, three cents Facebook page. So be sure to please check that out. Um, and, and take a look. I put it out there last week. Would people be willing to buy in to a Royal rumble contest and, Uh, lots of responses lots of people said yes so we are gonna proceed and move forward with that it's gonna be five dollars per entry and I think what I'm gonna do once I make the official announcement so don't respond yet but once I make the official announcement I'm gonna put it out there and people uh, as they buy their spots I'm gonna go in the order that people buy them and then you will be that person that I will draw the numbers and then that will be your number. So I'm going to do a Facebook Live with it. It's going to make sense. I know I'm trying to articulate it here. It will all make sense once I put it together and and do it. I think that's the, the best way to do it. I don't know. I could be wrong. I, we've not done this before. Chad and I have talked about doing Royal Rumble Contest before. And I always think about it right before the event and it's too late. So I thought about this the other night. I was sitting at a basketball game and I'm like, Royal Rumble Contest. I need to get it out there. Excuse me. And so it is out there and we will be doing it. Um, I've decided that it's $5 per entry. So that's $5 for the men's, $5 for the women's. If all 30 spots get filled, that's 150 bucks. The winner, whoever the winner of the Rumble, whoever their number is, uh, will get a hundred bucks or I think it's 66% of the pot. So if we don't get everybody, uh, every thirty uh, all 30 spots. so. It'll be 66% of the winnings will go to the winner. And then the remainder will go to the My123Cents action figure drive. So um, I had contemplated and debated. I am going to do it again uh, in 2024, which also brings me to another thing. And and this may put a monkey wrench in things. I don't know. I've been thinking a lot, though, in the last week or two. And again, this is not a conversation I've had with anyone, but uh, up here in my brain. um, Episode 500, as I've mentioned, is coming in June. And I thought about once episode 500 hits, what is next? What is, you know, obviously a thousand would be great. Um, You know, then there's, you know, incrementals of 600, 700, 800, 900, but you know, 500 and a thousand are those real big milestones. Um, It's been nine, uh, but when we get to the anniversary or to the episode 500, it'll be nine and a half years of doing the my 123 Cents podcast, a wrestling podcast, typically retro wrestling podcast, you know, looking back and remembering and and sharing those experiences, but talking about current stuff too. But I've debated, do I keep going? Do I keep going with the my 123 Cents with the wrestling format, or do we start over with something brand new? Um, I've had ideas for other shows, but just not having the time to do multiple shows is, is the biggest reason why I've not pursued that. So I would like your opinions. If you think that My one two three sense 3 Cents is a wrestling podcast moves forward, or do I launch a new show with a new format, maybe a co-host, and talking about wrestling from time to time, but the primary focus would not be on wrestling. Let me know what you think, because I do this show, one, because I do have fun doing it. Um, but I'd like to know what other people think and and gather some opinions that way. So weigh in and let me know. <clears throat> so this week, as I mentioned, it was a busy... It, the month of January is insanely busy with my daughter's cheer. This is her senior year. So, uh, you know, not that it matters that it's her senior year, but we were, my wife and I being the we, uh, make it to all of the games and all of the competitions. And the month of January, every weekend is a cheer Competition. So last weekend we were in Chicago. This weekend in Breeze, Illinois, which is only about 90 minutes from here. So we were able to make it back and forth. I was gonna record on Saturday night when we got back, but I was just kind of drained in this arm thing. It's it's kind of got me bogged down, and i really it's messing with my head too. So I was kind of in a pissy mood and didn't feel like doing it. And so obviously it's Sunday night and it's gotta get done because the show drops at midnight on Martin Luther King Day, by the way, and if you are listening on MLK Day or even beyond, do something nice for someone today, do something in memory and honor of Dr. King and keeping that legacy of, of moving things forward. So, um, and and just being better humans and better people, better friends, better family members, better sons or daughters or husbands or wives or cousins or aunts or uncles or brothers or sisters, or friends, just whatever it is, and and I could certainly do better in in my pursuits as well. So, um, but anyway, talked about the Royal Rumble. We've talked about MLK, and I have talked about uh, my busy schedule next week and the weekend after. But Chad and I are going to get together in this uh, upcoming week to knock out the Hulkamania episode, um, which you know I know some will find that polarizing, and it's not intended to be, but. Uh, I'm ready for the backlash that may potentially come along with it. I don't think it will be, though. Most of my listeners uh, are pretty non-vocal there. They don't uh, get mad and whatnot, but I want to change that. I want you to speak up and let me know what you think of the show. Rate and review on your favorite podcasting app. Uh, If you're watching on YouTube, leave a review here as well, Um, and all of that goes a long way uh, for me, but... Weigh in and let me know what you think about after episode 500. What happens next? Do we, the next week, do episode 501 and keep moving forward with the wrestling? Or do we launch a new show? I don't even have a name for it, a format, a co-host, any of that. I've got ideas, but I haven't executed or moved in any way yet. Because, like I said, this was about two weeks ago. I started thinking about it. And then I thought, uh, maybe I'll put it out there and see what other people think. I'd love to have the time and the effort or the energy to put multiple shows out, but I just, I, I don't, at least not at this point in my life. Maybe next year when my daughter goes off to school, uh, actually in the next uh, few months, maybe by by episode 500, I could keep my 123 cents going and then do mm-hmm. uh, a sideshow as well. But we'll see. We'll see. <clears throat> anyway, it is time for Ask my 123 cents, And I did... Make the mistake of saying ask anything because, you know, I figure people may have other questions beyond the rest of the world, which I don't mind answering those either. Uh, After spending 22 years in TV news, uh, people have questions and comments and want to know things and excuse me as I lean down to get a drink here. And if you're watching, again, I'm not drinking anything red. This is one of those cups that turns different colors when you put cold in it. And this is just a glass of ice water, but uh, Greg Mahachko, who is the founder of the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network, someone who I am grateful for, for uh, being a part of this, uh, and again, I, I, I guess the conversation with him would would come into place too, if and when the my 123 Cents podcast goes away and something new, it would still be housed here at Jittery Monkey, um, but We'll talk about that when the time comes. But he asks about the legacy of the United States, what's our greatest achievement, and then what is our legacy, is it positive or negative? I don't want to get too deep into the weeds. I was going to have some snarky, funny, little uh, wrestling-related answer saying, you know, the American Dream Dusty Rhodes or Sergeant Slaughter or Hulkamania are, are, are our greatest achievements. But um, I think that there's just a lot of, of good things uh, and a lot of things that could be and should be and and... Maybe will be changed uh, in our great country, but uh, our legacy, I don't think, is is a negative one. I think that if we continue to focus or or try to find the things that are positive and and not let uh, the naysayers the the people keep things negative or keep us down, we'll be we'll be in good shape. So again, I don't want to get overly political here. There's you know I've seen friendships and people dissolve relationships over politics and I, I I don't want to make this a political thing so Greg I know you were being a funny guy with the question but I, I that's my best answer uh for right now uh Chad asks do you think wrestlers should earn title shots with victories or just be able to show up after not being on tv for a year and get a title match and this is obviously um a thing with the whole gender mahal situation you know gender mahal on uh uh the new year's day edition of monday night raw the rock came out if you haven't seen it you've been under a rock yourself but <clears throat> i think this is a jab i Ch- chad and i kind of go back and forth from time to time about AEW and WWE um I, you know my opinion uh, i i think that may, maybe wwe is trolling um Tony Khan, I don't know. Uh, Tony Khan, in my opinion, and and again, it's my opinion, and I know that, again, tribalism in wrestling has gotten to a point, it's almost as bad as politics, and and people stop talking to each other and get pissed off and, and get bent out of shape. But listen, Tony Khan, in my opinion, has been for quite a while now behaving like a child on social media his rants his raves his the things he says i think he does it partially for attention i think he does it to kind of stir the pot and and see where he's going to get with it i hope and pray that he doesn't believe all the bullshit that he puts out there but maybe he does but for someone who is a billionaire who is the owner who runs this company i I don't think it's a good look and i know that vince mcmahon has had his you know ups and downs and, and whatnot as well but I don't ever remember Vince getting on social media and acting a fool uh, and and saying some of the outrageous and outlandish things. And so who cares if Jinder Mahal is getting a title shot? If I'm running my own company, trying to fix my Neville figure here, if I'm running my own wrestling company, I would certainly not be tweeting about the competition and 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 getting title shots. And we saw this with the whole John Cena Undertaker thing from the NXT episode. It's just bizarre to me. Like to me, focus on your product, make it better. It's not ever. I I, I honestly think that there's too much time. WWE has a 60 or 50-year head start, billions of dollars. Now they're part of TK. It, it, it's so big. It's not going to be overtaken. It's just not. So, and nor, why would we want it to be? Let's just move on and have great solid alternatives, whether it's TNA, whether it's Impact, or uh, (laughs) Impact is TNA, um, AEW, or New Japan, or Ring of Honor, or whatever the case may be. Just be happy that there are products, there are places out there for our favorites who get let go from WWE to go and still continue to flourish and make a living. Um, but, I, you know, and people talk about the tribalism and I, and I think a lot of it comes from Tony Khan's idiotic, moronic post that he makes on Twitter specifically, or X, and doubling down and, and going all in, pun intended, I guess, Uh, with with some of those things. So I really wish that would would stop being the focus. Tony Khan would stop having this, uh, uh, for lack of a better word, hard-on for WWE and just move on and produce and focus on, you know, his own product, his own people, you know, how one time... You can say that you were fearing for your life backstage at your own show with the CM Punk situation to a month or two later saying that your, your company is the safest in the world and yada, yada, yada. He's like a politician. He's talking on both sides of his mouth. But again, the question wasn't about Tony Khan. It was the question about title shots. Listen, it's all a work. Who cares? We know that. The Rock's going to roll in and be in the main... I'm kind of backpedaling now on what I said on YouTube uh, last week or two weeks ago about The Rock coming in. Um, it's not going to happen in the Elimination Chamber, or at least it seems like it's not because Roman's not wrestling in Elimination Chamber. I still think there's a possibility Roman loses the title at Royal Rumble. We'll talk more about that as it gets closer. But I think also there's a possibility that we get... Rock Roman night one of WrestleMania and Cody Roman or Royal Rumble winner and Roman at uh, night two so there's still some some scenarios and possibilities out there. Uh, should wrestlers earn title shots? I mean, even back in the day, back in the '80s, you know, you would see some Jabroni get a shot against Arn Anderson for the uh, television championship. Or there'd be an enhancement match. I can remember Johnny Rods wrestling Hulk Hogan on an episode of Superstars or Challenge or one of those shows. Randy Savage, when he was defending the Intercontinental, you know, did these guys earn a title shot? Of course not. It, it, they're enhancement matches. And so I, I get Chad was, was again, being cute with his question like Greg was, and and I should probably have not given it this much attention. But I'm saying all that to say is, let's just enjoy wrestling and and the entertainment and and not, you know, because again, I think the tribalism it hurts everyone top to bottom and and you know, if WWE is trolling Tony with this, I, you know, it's silly but I certainly hope that they don't rewrite their plans or change their plans and, and put the belt on gender because he was nowhere in the forecast for uh, a championship win. Um, even if he wins it and then loses it right back, I, that'd be kind of silly to me. But again, it's wrestling. We see pettiness and, and silliness all the time. So who's to say for sure. My man Ken Johnson coming up with five great questions this week. And uh, he starts off with, with the likes of Paul Bearer, Bobby Heenan, Jimmy Hart, and Paul Heyman aside, will wrestling today see another manager of that caliber? Now, of course, Heyman is, is still very active. We haven't seen MVP in a while. Um, I liked that they started to kind of bring managers back into the fold. One of my favorite things about 80s wrestling and, and, and even early to mid-90s wrestling was the manager, you know, the ones that he mentioned, Bobby Heenan and, and Jimmy Hart. Classy Freddie Blassie, Mr. Fuji, Slick, Elizabeth, Sensational Sherry, <clears throat> All Bear. We had all these great, great managers. And I think back at that time, um, you know, wrestlers who couldn't speak for themselves, so to speak, uh, needed that mouthpiece. And, and there were some baby faces that needed that mouthpiece that they just simply didn't talk. They just got in there and wrestled. I think somewhere along the way, the focus became more on being the total package, not Lex Luger, but just being the total package of to being able to get in there and wrestle, also being able to get in there and speak for yourself. And maybe the need for the manager kind of went away. Um, but again, I I would love there to be a resurgence of, of the manager. I know that we went through a, a time in the Attitude Era when, when the tits and ass was a big thing and, and we would see – uh, you know, Sonny and Terry and Sable and and the women coming out as managers or valets. Um, and then that all kind of went away as well. I, I, I definitely think, you know, Rick Flair, I don't really look at him right now as a manager for staying as more of a second, uh, but I could have seen him being a, a manager type and maybe he will be. I know that he commented a while back about managing uh, his son-in-law. Uh, Andrade, but I believe Andrade is now gone from AEW, so I think that we could certainly see some of these retired wrestlers instead of coming back and being a general manager or an authority figure, putting them in a managerial role, and I think, and I don't know if MVP was hurt or if Olmos was hurt, but we haven't seen him in a while, or at least I haven't, Um, so I I thought MVP did a, a pretty good job as a manager. I don't think that just because I think that the, the audiences have changed and things have changed. Um, but that's not to say that it can't evolve back or revolve or, or move back to that time where we have managers. Um, I, I don't know how today's crowd feels about that. You know, I know Triple H with WWE uh, in, in some regards is, is old school, but I think he's modern in his thinking as well. But um, again, I'd love to see it happen. And I think that it could with the right people, with the right mix of, uh, you know, because Bobby Heenan and Freddie Blassie and, and uh, uh, Mr. Fuji, you know, you think of those guys, they were wrestlers as well, but then slick and Jimmy Hart and Paul bear were managers. They were brought in as managers. And I think um, if we, if we could evolve back to that and, and find those talents that could come in and and be a good mouthpiece um, and, and have a presence outside of the ring, it would be uh, a pretty darn amazing thing. What is the worst wrestling skit like channel changing for him? It was the Vince McMahon kiss my ass skits. Um, You know, and he asked this question days ago and I had thought about it and I, I really didn't come up with a specific answer uh, for it, I think probably though for me might have been also during the Attitude Era. I hated it when they would do they being WCW um, would do the, the the when Eric Bischoff was giving away results, and I know that wasn't really a skit, um, but when they would call out or or make fun of WWE, and and the same thing with WWE with the the billionaire Ted skits uh you know to me it didn't serve any purpose was it channel changing maybe not but i i didn't like the 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 way the war was going to me it would have been uh you know more entertaining if they would have just gotten in there and done their thing and and tried to be the better show either side but these kind of cheap shots and stuff to me And I know that without it, it probably wouldn't have invigorated and turned things the way that it did. So maybe that was a good thing that these things happened. But for me as a fan back at the time, I just I was not a fan. And I'm not a fan of it today with the little quips back at the the comments of of WWE, you know, the slams from uh, AEW. And I know WWE every once in a while punches down and and makes a a comment as well. Uh, That would be probably thing and I know that sometimes these aren't always planned. Cody destroying Triple H's uh, or the throne with the sledgehammer. I thought that was petty and kind of dumb so um, but you know back in the 80s I mean there was a lot of cheesy uh, I just kind of glanced over and I saw all my uh, the late great killer Khan here. uh, My old WWF cards from back in the 80s Um, and it reminds me of like the George the Animal Steel skits when he was going through shock therapy. Uh, you know, back then they were kind of funny and whatever, but I was 12 or 13 years old. And and looking back on it now, it's like kind of like, ugh, these were these were, you know, goofy as hell. So uh Katie Vick is another one. I, you know, I wasn't a big fan of that whole thing. And and I'll tell you, probably one of the worst of all time was the Claire, I can't even remember what her name was, the Claire stuff on uh impact on TNA with AJ Styles and Dixie Carter and Claire, whatever her name. Oh my gosh. I thought that stuff was horrible too. What is the hardest move to sell in wrestling? For me, this is from Ken again. For me is the dropkick. So many people do it, but few sell it. Uh, I'm not exactly, I I don't know the best answer for this one, but I think that, and it's been talked about on other podcasts before, one of the more illogical things moves in wrestling is the Irish whip. Uh, If you're in a fight and you go and grab someone and you throw them, you know, are they going to continue to run? And then, you know, so I think the Irish whip uh, to me is is one of the more sillier things. I don't don't know if that's really answering the question quite as, as well as it could have, Uh, but that's my thought when it comes to that favorite beer from wrestling under the influence. Again, a question from Ken, I think this may have been the very first Wrestling under the influence, and it was actually an episode of Craft Beerkins that I did with uh, my friend Tom, and this was years ago. But uh, I took the audio from that video and made it into a wrestling under the influence as well. And I think, again, I think it was the very first. Um, and I'm pulling it up so I don't. Uh, not that I, I don't. I wanted to remember the the manufacturer, or the brewer of the beer, um, but the beer was uh, Death by Coconut. And I gave it a 4.25 on my uh, beer app, untapped. And I thought I saved that picture, but look, oh, here it is. By uh, Oscar Blue's Brewery. Brewery. Uh, It was a 6.5% alcohol by volume. It was a a coconut, uh, chocolate coconut beer. um, And it was really, really good. I've had it a couple of times since then, but uh, this was, gosh, back probably 2016, 2017, and I think the other reason why this one is memorable to me and why I liked it, not just because of the beer, but Death by Coconut, we tied in uh, Jimmy Superfly Snuka being hit in the head by the coconut uh, by Rowdy Rowdy Piper on uh, the episode of Piper's Pit back in 1984, Uh, a very memorable moment in my early uh, days as a wrestling fan. Final question from Ken is who should be the next celebrity to be in the Hall of Fame? This is an easy one. And I've been saying this one probably since they announced the celebrity wing. And, and that's Cyndi Lauper. I, I, to me, the whole rock and wrestling connection and the the big kickoff of Hulkamania and women's wrestling, even with Wendy Richter, it got a resurgence. And I think a lot of that had to do with Cyndi Lauper's involvement. I was uh you know a wrestling I, I was watching wrestling by this point but i wasn't diehard i was I was getting into it you know i'd been watching world class starting to watch the wwf and i remember cindy lopper was on piper's pit and i had the uh girls just to or she's so unusual cassette and i i, I again i love cindy lopper this is the mtv era and so i the fact that she's not in, and I don't know if there are extenuating circumstances on her end as to why she's not in, I can't imagine why WWE wouldn't have already inducted her. But I certainly think that uh, the celebrity wing, is, as much as people criticize it, to me, it's it's not legit without uh, the likes of Cindy Lauper in there. Um, so she would definitely be my first pick, and, and really, at this point, I mean, other than I'm trying to think of other celebrities that maybe, uh, you know, down the road going in there. It seems like a lot of the big celebrities that they've had go in, uh, you know, from from previous WrestleManias or previous involvement in, in the events and stuff uh, has has fallen into place. So, Cindy Lauper for sure. And she'd be the first female celebrity uh, to be inducted because I don't think... Unless, is Maria Menounos in? I don't remember if she's a a member of the Hall of Fame or if she's just been active with the Hall of Fame ceremony itself. So, But I definitely think Cindy deserves that spot. Final question coming from my buddy, my friend, my former tag team partner, Heath Hatton. When is your next wrestling match and how come you never put anyone over? Well, again, this here is one of the reasons why my arm um I, I you know, I walked away from Stride uh, and from ring announcing anywhere, you know I've, and I've had offers. I've had actually several offers uh, to announce shows or, or be a part of shows and I've turned them down since April of 2023. Um, I, I, I I don't know. I I never want to say never, but I also realistically want to say that I'm 50. I'm almost 51 obviously with this thing going on and who knows if it's going to need surgery and and, you know, I would not anticipate any kind of return to any kind of wrestling, especially in the ring uh, anytime soon. I just, I have enjoyed the break. I miss the wrestlers and I miss the fans, but I don't miss. There are things about it that I can't really explain that I don't miss about it. So um, for now, I'm happy. I'm happily—I don't know if retired is the right word—but I'm happily on the sidelines, watching, you know, following along on on social media and and doing that, doing this podcast. Um, but yeah, I'm—I'm I'm just, you know, I can't imagine. I've had my last match, but I also, at this point, can't imagine wrestling again because. It would have to be with the right people, the right company, um, and and quite frankly, you know, I don't know that I would get involved uh, too far into something with a storyline or anything like that without Tyler, without Heath Hatton uh, being involved with it, because I do feel like he was always an advocate for me uh, when he would ask me to wrestle and and would always make sure that it was with people that were not gonna hurt me. And, and, you know, I'm always worried about hurting myself or hurting someone else in the process. So um, if my last match was uh, in May of 2022 against Heath Hatton, then that was one hell of a way to go out. And I I have nothing to be uh, ashamed of other than the way I look in the ring. But um, it was a hell of a run. It was a hell of a ride. And you know, from 2012 uh, to 2022, 10 years, uh, yeah, there was a little bit of a, a gap in there. But uh, being a part of wrestling, local independent wrestling, I guess until 2023, really. But the in-ring stuff was 2012 to 2022. I'm, I'm happy with that. I'm proud of it. And I'm, I'm grateful, most importantly, for it. From Heath Hatton, who I know, you know, was being funny with the uh, how come you never put anyone over. Uh, I really thought I was putting him over at the show in Marion that we did the the match that we had when we went into it and we've told that story before. So you can go listen in the archives, but um, I've always had fun. Uh, I will always continue to be grateful for all the opportunities that I've had in wrestling, whether it was to announce or be a referee somewhere or get in the ring and wrestle. And the guys that I got in there with who not only put me over, but also made sure that I was safe and didn't hurt myself or didn't get anyone else hurt uh, in the process. So um, I'm grateful and I'm thankful and I'm grateful and thankful for you as well. Thank you for checking out this week's episode. Again, Hulkamania, what if Hulk Hogan didn't exist? Who would have led that charge? We're going to be running down our six picks, each of us next week, right here on the My123Cents podcast. So in the meantime, weigh in, let me know, and be sure to look out again for the announcement about the Royal Rumble giveaway, the Royal Rumble uh, raffle, if you will, lack of a better word there. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in, listening, and/or watching this week. We will talk again soon. Have a great week, and stay warm out there. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network.